Welcome to the Strategy and Leadership Podcast brought to you by SME Strategy. My name is Anthony Taylor and I'm going to be your host today. On the Strategy and Leadership Podcast, we interview senior leaders and thought leaders to get their best practices for leading teams, for driving and executing strategy, and other best practices as it relates to leadership and team development. And our goal here on the Strategy and Leadership Podcast is to bring you practical and executable tips that you can use right away to support the growth of your organization or your business. So if you enjoy today's episode, please be sure to subscribe. You can follow us on YouTube for other bonus content on strategy and leadership, or, and you can join in on the conversation on Facebook in the strategy and leadership community. So I appreciate your time today. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you enjoy today's episode. My guest today is Denise Lieberjohn, who is the founder and CEO of Prosper Consulting, LLC. Denise, how are you today? I'm great. How are you doing? I am excellent. I'm excited to chat with you. I'm excited to hear about your background, and I'm excited to have a fun podcast. Great. Let's get started. (laughs) Let's do it. So can you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and your background and where you are in the world? Yeah, I am in the Denver metro area in Lakewood, Colorado, uh, beautiful, sunny Denver. And I am the CEO and founder of Prosper Consulting because I got tired of some of the big company things that I was experiencing and I wanted to use what I had done as an HR compensation expert in Fortune 500 companies. I wanted to share that with small to mid-sized companies. And so I started my company a few years ago and it's been fun to get to have interactions with small and mid-sized businesses and help them achieve their business goals by focusing on their people, their processes, and their performance metrics. Excellent. So, I mean, everybody loves compensation, whether you're receiving it. <laughs> Some people like less to, to give it, but I think that there's a growing movement of people that want to, you know, compensate their workers fairly and use it as a, as a sort of a differentiation differentiator in the marketplace. Can you start off by telling us that, you know, what do you spend most of your day doing when it comes to talking <laughs> to, to business owners and or employees? Yeah. So on the side of the fence where I help business owners and employers, I'm often talking to them about whether or not they have compensation structures in place that help them attract the right talent, help them keep the right talent in their seats, and then keep the, that those employees engaged, productive, and motivated. Um, and sometimes they get pulled into conversations with smaller companies where they're trying to convert contractors to employees. So get pulled into that. So, um, yeah, it's all about, you know, do you have, are you offering the right base pay? Do you have a bonus uh, program in place that ties to your success metrics? And do they understand how they're actually contributing as employees to those success metrics, whether they're financial or customer or operational in nature? And then I help business owners make sure they implement their compensation and other HR programs in a way that helps them have respectful, good relationships with their teams and um, helps them get, you know, I'll give you an example. I had one client um, here recently call me and say, I got to fire somebody for the first time. What do I do? (laughs) So do the positive stuff where we get to pay people well, but then and competitively, but then also end up getting pulled into some of the more negative things where it's like, oh, somebody's not working out and how do we have the right performance conversations to give them a chance to improve, but also 
Um, if they can't improve in a sustainable way, you have to help that business leader have those t- difficult conversations so that they can exit that employee and bring somebody new on board who can do what they need to get done. Perfect. I got that. Well, maybe we can, you know, have our conversation in two phases. One, the first being, you know, what is like what every employer needs to know about effectively setting a compensation strategy. And, you know, I want to mm-hmm. say that because while some companies have HR, it's still important for, I think, the CEO's senior leadership to understand the foundations of how, you know, all of those you don't get handled. And then the second piece, which I would be interested in terms of how do you align the compensation conversation along with performance measures and how do you do it in a way that motivates people and doesn't, you know, just send throw money out the window because some people aren't motivated by money, but we'll probably get there later. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I as much as I talk about money, there's a whole lot more to what makes me happy, and certainly other employees when I do workshops to them um, that makes them happy beyond the money piece. You got to get it dialed in, but it's not the primary motivator for some folks. Yeah, absolutely. So why don't we start at the foundations? What do employers need to know about compensation and you know getting people motivated in that regard? Related to compensation, you know, I have um, one nonprofit that I'm working with right now that is. Um, the way they set their compensation is they'll post a job opening and they'll see what candidates ask for, and then that's how they set their compensation. And I would tell you that's a little bit backwards. I think as employers, we should certainly you know be documenting what candidates are asking for, but there's a lot of free salary survey data and very um, affordable salary survey data for companies to use so that they can assess what's um, available. And I have a list of more than 14 locations where you can get data so if anybody's interested in that, they can email me. And you'll find my email on um, prosperconsultingllc.com. So I can happily send that list. So do the research and establish what is the external market paying for similar jobs in your location and um, industry and so forth. And then use that to attract the right talent. Um, so there's, there's the first piece is understanding what the job is worth. And the second piece I teach senior leaders is, what is the person worth? Because some people are still learning and developing and other people are really at the top of their game in their role that they're performing and you have to pay them for the higher end of the salary range. So how do you make those determinations? And then being very deliberate in terms of incentives, if you're doing a bonus, uh, making sure that it's tied to the behaviors and the success metrics and the values that you've established for your company. And then being really careful and deliberate about how do you develop a culture within your business that recognizes that it's the daily actions and conversations that people have that need to be uh, reinforced and rewarded. So just building it and being very deliberate is very important. So I'll help um, leaders with that. The second piece that I think I'm really good at is I can run the numbers and do the research and develop um, proposals for senior leadership. But the most important thing is how you communicate to your team. So how do you communicate pay opportunity and how do you reinforce Again, what is that person doing, tying their value that they're creating in your business to the overarching goals of the company so that they feel like it's a meaningful, fulfilling place to work? I think people's expectations anymore is not just that they'll go to work and earn a paycheck, but that they'll have some meaning and some fulfillment, especially in the younger generation within the context of what they're delivering every day. So how do you have those conversations so it's not just uh, you're a cog in the wheel and an expendable person that um, can get the work done, but you're really actually important to the overall success metrics that the company cares about. 
I, I think this will be sort of a sidestep question of that, but we talked about, you know, first getting the salary data, which is available, you know, if they contact you or through public domain, then like looking mm-hmm. at what a person is worth in terms of their stage of career and where they're at. And I'd love to hear if you have any other tools for that. And then, you know, working on developing incentives based on behaviors, values, and success metrics. And then, you know, finally, the other part is like, actually, how do you communicate, uh, presumably, you know, I don't know if it's what that person's job is or how it drives or aligns with the company goals so that you're actually yeah. like having fulfillment. So I guess one question is the the personal worth. How do you measure that or what is the person worth to the company? And then what have you done or what have you seen? What do you recommend in terms of communicating the company goals and making sure there's that alignment to incentive? So in terms of choosing where to pay an employee or a candidate within the range, I typically take a salary range or a pay range and split it into thirds. So if somebody, and I do have a tool related to this, so if somebody wants that, just they can send me an email again. So the first third is just their learning, right? And and I have some verbiage that talks about what does that look like? And they're learning. They don't have all the technical or human relations skills yet. They've got a learning curve. They're uh, needing some more assistance in order to get the work done. Somebody who's in the paid in the middle of the range should be somebody who's who's got it all figured out. They have all the human relations, all the technical skills. You don't have to spend a whole lot of time guiding their day-to-day tasks. You can give them an end result that you want them to get to, and they're off to the races. And then people who are paid at the top end of the range, and that's typically above the middle of the market because most companies have a pay philosophy to pay toward the middle of the market. Those are the candidates and employees that are really the high performers, the people that are not just delivering on your expectations, but they're exceeding your expectations on a regular basis. And that's where you pay people on the top end of the range. I think beyond that, you can make that decision. But for a lot of leaders that I work with and business owners, they're like, how do I have the conversation if somebody's not performing well and I don't want to pay them any more than what I'm currently paying them? So I will often get into those conversations and help coach executives on how to have have those difficult conversations um, and how to give feedback to employees in a way that makes employees want to perform better and feel like they have some ownership and and some accountability and getting to an end result is positive for both parties. The other piece you asked about is just communication. I don't believe from an HR perspective that anything you do, whether it's compensation or benefits or recruiting developing your team, um, having performance conversations, none of that stuff should be in a vacuum. It should all be tied back to the business strategy and what does the business want to accomplish. And so being very deliberate as you have HR programs in place to make sure that you have a a strong communication um, plan and that you're executing on that. So I'll give you an example. I worked with a senior leader, an executive director of a nonprofit, and they had a gender equity complaint. And so I had done a study to determine whether gender or race or anything else was behind the scenes in terms of driving pay decisions. And as we did the compensation study, we certainly addressed that question. But then we also had more of an educational format where we talked to employees about what are all the factors that are legitimate, legitimate that employers can use to differentiate on pay, things like performance, your experience, the results you deliver. And that it's okay to have people with the same title that have different pay levels because um, they're performing work that provides different value to the business and that it's not all about seniority and all about other things. It's, It's other factors that matter too. So communication 
as it relates to incentives, they're a little bit different. Incentives should be tied to the metrics that the company cares about, right? So oftentimes it's financial or customer-focused, operational, or it's um, related to innovation or learning and growth. And those types of metrics need to be explained to employees in a simple way so that they understand what they do every day and how that impacts those metrics. And then what is the opportunity for them to put a bonus in their pocket if the company reaches their goals and if they reach their individual goals that are tied to the company goals. So I have methodologies and things that can walk leadership through this. And then I have a, a, I have a template for how, how do we align the communications on an annual and quarterly and day-to-day basis so that you're celebrating success and ensuring that employees are prioritizing their work and their activities in a way that'll help drive what, whatever you define as success as a business leader. That's awesome because I, you know, I find that a lot of employees and there's been studies done that I've, you know, referenced ad nauseum about that people are disengaged in their work often because Mm -hmm. they don't understand what success looks like, you know, for for the company and then for themselves, which creates apathy. And I see that your, your model here that you have here is really aligning people, processes, performance metrics and business success. And I assert incorporating that. I mean, I can see here incorporating that into the strategy itself. So if you're a leader and, you know, maybe you don't have a strategic plan or a strategy or clear direction, you know, what would you say is a good place to start to, to support that employee engagement, employee alignment, and making sure that your compensation is tied to performance and not just a gut feeling? I go through four factors when I talk to leaders and we talk about what are the financial metrics that you watch and pay attention to? Is it revenue? Is it, you know, EBITDA? What are those financial metrics? What are the customer-related metrics? So I'll give you an example on customer-related metrics. Oftentimes when I say the word customer, people think of external customers. There is a a trucking company that I know of where they have an incentive in place for their mechanics as a team. So if a mechanic has um, the opportunity to work on some piece of equipment, the goal is to fix what it came in for, right, as well as do maintenance, change fluids, et cetera, but also make sure that it doesn't come back for something that they might have missed. So they have a checklist and processes in place to help make sure that, you know, depending on what something comes in for, they solve that problem, but they also do an overall check to make sure that if there's anything else that maybe the operator of that equipment didn't recognize, that they check that. And then they have a team situation where they have somebody else double check the work so that um, overall they um, don't have equipment coming back in. And so then they get a bonus that's split across the team so on a, a monthly and quarterly basis. So it's a pretty cool scheme. So I think incentives can be very powerful. And you don't have to tie everybody to the same goals. You can make it very customized to what somebody is doing. Another customized example is for your sales team, right? Um, what is your team delivering in terms of sales? Are they profitable sales? Are they not? Do you need them to do upsells? There's all sorts of things you can do in the sales arena. But I typically look at four different types of metrics, financial, customer, operations, and then learning and growth, So, which is training, innovation, and, and trying to capture things that will help you be a sustainable firm in the long term and not just the short term kinds of things. So that's what I tend to focus on. So even if you don't have a strategic plan, you typically can kind of fall in those balanced scorecard approach, finance, customer, operations, learning, and growth, those four buckets. And you can find things that are helping you drive business success that you can then 
start talking to your employees about. And sometimes you don't put in a bonus or an incentive scheme on those things right away. You just start talking and teaching the employees about how they contribute to the business and the value that is created by their efforts. And then over time, you track those metrics. And then once you have enough data, um, recognizing historically what have those metrics been and how they moved up or down, then you start tying compensation and pay to that. So part of it is getting your workforce ready if you don't already have a bonus scheme in place. And then secondarily, it's tying pay to that. Okay, that makes sense. And, you know, one of the things that you talk about, like those four metrics, is a, you know, what commonly referred to as the balanced scorecard approach. So if you're looking for yeah. a way to just implement a simple goal setting framework and a simple and very effective because you do more than just profit. And that's, you know, when I do strategy sessions and talk to people say profit is how we measure success. But I'm sure Denise, you found that there have been, when you focus on the wrong things, it, I won't say disincentivizes people, but it creates behaviors that aren't ultimately aligned with what the company um, is wanting. So maybe you have any sort of, I don't want to call them worst practices, but anything that you've seen where somebody has a performance structure in place that was actually incentivizing the wrong things, any, uh, call them horror stories. Yeah, yeah. You know, you can have unintended consequences is what I call that, right? So you can do a test and have like senior leadership or or the people who are managing work um, look at your performance metrics and say, well, if we only focus on this metric over that metric, we're going to get bad behavior. So let's say, mm, let's pick sales. So let's say you're going to have, have people focus on a certain revenue goal. Well, different products or services have different profit margins, right? So maybe you weight different products or services differently um, in terms of what you give employees for a sale because you've got some products or services that are more profitable than others, and you give those that are more profitable more weight and their overall sales incentive. So you have to really understand the numbers and understand the process and understand employee behavior, and you have to not do it in a vacuum. You have to have the right parties to understand how employees think, be at the table when you're designing some of these these incentives. And it's not just an HR thing. You've got to have people from finance. You've got to have the business leaders who oversee those functions and the employees. And, and people give you feedback so they can make sure that it works. And it's always, I sometimes will just do pilot programs in a group or two and kind of see how it works and what's working well and what isn't. Um, you also have to think... I've worked in companies that are global. And so in some cultures around the globe, incentives and schemes like this work and sometimes they don't. And so you also have to be sensitive to cultural perspectives on pay and and how people view money and um, whether it's, it's appropriate to use individual incentives or more team incentives. So it can get complicated pretty fast, but yeah, it's, it's uh, a very important thing to have in your business, clearly defining what success is and then tying pay to that. And I would tell you that you will probably have success metrics or performance metrics that you don't tie pay to, that you may just track and talk about and communicate um, because you can't have an incentive plan that has 10 different metrics and expect everybody to be able to prioritize their work according to that. You typically pick, you know, less than five metrics and, and tie that. Um, to pay and then and then uh, reward people on that. The other thing I will often talk about when we go deep into metrics is there's the end result, like you mentioned, profitability, but there's leading and lagging indicators. So I'll give you an example. If you want to lose weight, 
the lagging indicator is, did I have weight loss? But the leading indicators for weight loss is what is your food intake? What is your activity level? How much water are you drinking? How much sleep are you getting? So there are a number of things that you can track ahead of weight loss that we know end up resulting in weight loss. And so it's also understanding performance metrics and having a balance between leading and lagging indicators as well, so that you're not just focusing on lagging um, because the leading indicators can give you other kind of a, a pre-warning system as to whether or not you're going to hit your lagging indicators. Absolutely. So you got to have a comprehensive picture, a balanced picture of, you know, what mm-hmm. is most important and making sure that, you know, there's the financial, non-financial incentives and um, so that people are driven by purpose as well as you yeah. know, presumably vision alignment, mission alignment, vision alignment, and then being sensitive to the local cultures because what might work for one group of people won't necessarily work for the other or might have an adverse right. effect on what you're trying to accomplish ultimately. Exactly, yeah. So, so you just have to be careful and um, be thoughtful about how you do things. And, and like I said, sometimes running a pilot is a good way to start instead of rolling it out to everybody if you've got a sizable business just to get a sense of how are people going to react because it does change culture when you roll out some of these programs and you have to train management and staff to understand it and understand what their role is in the communications of these things. Absolutely. Um, just as we finish off here, if we have, you know, our senior leaders listening and they say, okay, well, we want to start looking to make sure that our performance metrics are tied to compensation or we're trying to just assess our, our compensation model. What would be, you know, mm-hmm. two or three takeaways that they could start with, um, assuming calling you is one of them. Um, but, uh, yeah. you know, what are a couple of things that they could do to get the ball rolling on making sure that their people are appropriately compensated and that they have like the sort of best practice model in place? Uh, So I look at three things. Are you able to attract the right talent? And that's your employer brand. So it's not just pay, it's benefits. It's it's what are you delivering and how are you communicating your employer brand? Are you able to attract the right people? Are you able to keep them? Are you having turnover problems? Uh, Sometimes that's related to pay. Sometimes it's just related to you've got some lousy managers on your team and you need to um, get them to fix their performance. You need to show them the door. And then are you getting the right behavior, the right productivity, the right engagement, the right motivation out of your team um, in order to meet your business goals? Or do you need to fix something there? So sometimes it's related to pay and sometimes it's related to communications and how you have leadership and managers interacting with your employees as well. And I think that's one of the reasons why I often talk about the, the life is a series of difficult conversations. There's a lot of times I see people not wanting to have the difficult conversations. And in order to really have a successful business, you and your supervisors and your managers and senior executives all need to be able to have difficult conversations. And employees need to be trained and understand how to have to receive and process feedback and then use that to change their their habits and their activities as well. So it's not just all about pay. It's about communications and leadership and, and how all of the um, people and things are working together. Cool. Well, I know that people can reach out to you, get some more information on the pay bands, pay scale, and to be able to get a little bit more resources, but where can people find you uh, online or in the world? Yeah, uh, very simply, go to prosperconsultingllc.com and you'll find the contact information and the the work that we do. And you'll find how we uh, go about helping businesses achieve success. I'd also like to say the other part of my business that we haven't talked about, Anthony, is the um, side where I sit on the side with employees. So I often help 
employees negotiate and get great jobs at great companies. So I found that on the employee side, people were leaving money on the table. So I also work with employees and senior leaders to find on career and salary negotiation. So I'm a coach in that space as well. Very cool. And I did see a lot of great testimonials for people that she's helped um, elevate their uh, just get paid more. So if you're trying to look yeah. for a new job and really want to maximize your pay opportunity, you can reach out to uh, to Denise for that as well. So uh, thank you so much, Denise. It's been such a pleasure chatting with you. I really appreciate you uh, being such a resource to our listeners today. Thank you for having me on your podcast. My guest today has been Denise Liebertrau, who is the founder and CEO of Prosper Consulting, LLC. If you enjoyed today's episode, please consider rating us five stars on iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud. And if you have somebody in your network that was wanting to create a great employer brand, attract great people, and have a great uh, sustainable wage for their employees that is aligned with performance and compensation, please share this podcast with them. I'm sure they'll enjoy it. This has been the Strategy and Leadership Podcast. My name is Anthony Taylor. Thank you so much for joining us and until next time. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of the Strategy and Leadership Podcast. If you're in the process of renewing your strategic plan and you're looking for a framework to align your team and to create a clear vision, clear goals, and a clear roadmap on how to get there, be sure to check out our signature course that will walk you through the process that we've used to create hundreds of strategic plans successfully for organizations all over the world. You'll get instant access to all the videos and documents right away. And so whether you're planning a strategy session in three months, three weeks, or three days, you'll be able to get the most out of your meeting and have everyone be on the same page and bought into your plan. It's the exact same framework that we've used for our clients and we've packaged it in a way that you can use it easily yourself. So visit smestrategy.net slash course, and you can use the code podcast for $100 off. That's smestrategy.net slash course, and use the code podcast for $100 off, and you'll get instant access to all of the tools to help you create your strategic plan successfully and have everybody moving forward on the same page. Once again, this is Anthony Taylor with the Strategy and Leadership Podcast. Thanks so much for joining us, and we'll see you real soon.